You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. If you have your Bibles, let's open it to Ephesians. So we're going to go through this. I've never done this before, but I'm going to preach through the Bible, uh, through the book of the Bible from first through it. I usually do topical uh, messages. I'm going to actually preach through this and just go through this. We're going to chapter one. I'm going to bounce around some, but I'm going to read through this. It'll be a lot of reading. So when you come to the church, you should be able to what? Read your Bible. Shouldn't we read the Bible in church? It shouldn't be a thing where we say, good gracious, how much Bible are we going to read today? We should read a lot of the Bible. Uh, we should read it. It's God's word. And the thing about it is the studies show this, that it, when you come to church, the majority of you, this is the only time you're going to hear the word of God. The statistics show today in America that this is the only time you're going to hear their word for the week. And so if if that's true, we want to make sure we read enough of it to help you for the week, okay? That could change. I'm not saying it should be you. That's not a stat to achieve. You know what I'm saying? We should do better than that. But anyway, it is what it is. So in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, if you have a Bible, uh, if you don't, there's some of the seats you can use. I'm going to read some uh, from today from the New Living Translation. That's the ones in the seats. But I'm going to quote different scriptures from uh, the New American Standard Bible as we go through it, okay? So anyway, Ephesians, <clears throat> we'll start there in chapter 1, so just go ahead and turn and, and get there, and then I'll give you a little opener for Ephesians. So my we what we did for vacation, we just got away, and for us, um, I was telling Pastor Steve that we were going on a cruise, and he said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, and because <laughs> a lot of people don't like them, and for good reason, there's a number of reasons why. Um, I've been on a few that I realized why you would never want to go back on one. But once you figure it out and you go to the ones that's um, beneficial to your family, it's the most budget-friendly thing I can do for my family. I don't have to worry about a bill at the end because I've already paid for it a long time back. So when I come home from vacation, I'm a happy camper, you know. I don't have any extra bills show up. Oh, my goodness, we used to go on vacations. And I'd be so surprised at how much food we could eat in a week. I'm like, how can we eat so much because you have nothing, to, there's nothing on the vacation that you can snack on. You have to buy everything. It's like stocking up a whole, you know, new 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 kitchen. Well, anyway, we went on this cruise, and on this cruise they had this um, this surfing thing. I was going to show it, but I didn't ask Ava early enough uh, if I had permission to show this. She said I could. I'll show you next time, maybe. But they had this thing. It's like a little surfing thing. Just a, the water goes like this, and you get on a surfboard, and you can kind of ride on a surfboard. And it's not, it looks fun, but, you know, she tried to say, Dad, could you jump on it? And I was like, you know... I've recovered from a shoulder injury, a neck injury this year. I just really don't want to go back right now. I'm I'm okay watching you and everybody else fall on their face. It's all right. I mean, people major wipeouts. Bam! These guys, you know, they think they're so cool. Like, watch me. I'm so wild. You know, and and just bam! I mean, they and and they. You don't get to go if after if you can't get on the surfboard after they just say you go back to the other thing. You're not, you know, you're not man enough. Handle this basically. Go over there to the little kitty slide. That's kind of the the way I kind of heard it from the the way that the way they were acting about it. Well, anyway, she was able to get on it, and she was able to actually do it. And we were kind of like, "Well, that's interesting. You you know don't care anything about sports." And she jumps on this thing and just getting doing all this stuff. Started going in circles. I'm like, "What?" And we you know you know we are in Rome, Georgia. You know, there's no. There is nothing here regarding an ocean, a wave, or anything like this, right? But my kid is like doing this stuff, and then she tells me after she gets done, Dad, this is really awesome. I think I like this. And I was listening to her tell me, I think I like this. I like to do this. And I thought, um, honey, we don't live on an ocean. <laughs> We're not surfing community, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing here. What are you going to surf on? I mean, even like Wass, I put you behind the pontoon, but it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? It's just not the same. So we got to laughing as we were talking and, um, and as, you know, as an ocean city or a, a city that has a, um, a tide or a wave that comes in, like maybe Hawaii, a, you know, a state or maybe the coast of California or maybe the Atlantic coast. There's some places there, not very many, but Florida has some. Anyway, if you're in one of these coastal cities, um, there are benefits that aren't in uh, an, uh, an inland you know, region like we are. There's also risks, as Gary just mentioned a while ago, and we feel for him. I mean, we know what it's like to have water in your house. It's in, it, they're absolutely right. You know, pray for these people because um, you have no idea what they go through. Like when you pay all this money for insurance, you do all this stuff, and you prepare, and it's such a, I call it a, racket, a racketeer. It, it's such a racketeer. They, they just... You know, oh no, water touched your home, we're not going to cover it. It's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Like, you should cover that. It's ridiculous. You made $14 billion in cash flow 
take care of the families that need it, right? It's just ridiculous. And that's what makes people frustrated and gets them angry. And I tell you what, it took me, I, I had to really, if you don't sense it, I still have a little, you know, angst about it. But it's a, it's a very frustrating thing to be in that situation, but that's the risk of being on a coast. You, that's the risk. If you're near a waterfront, you're, that's part of the risk. The other side of it, the reward or the, the benefit is a port. Typically on these inland, these cities that are on the water, they have a way to bring in ships. And if you're in like Seattle, like maybe in a port city like that, or New York, or maybe in Miami, I think as well, it comes up the coast, maybe it's in there, I can't remember which side. But these places have these ports. What they do is they trade and they bring in great trade. And it helps the economy just booms in these kind of regions. And Ephesus was exactly that. If you can think of a port city, put aside what you've heard about Seattle, a port city that brings in great shipping containers, it brings in great income for the region. Great amount of jobs. It's a great thing to have for a city if you have water. And that's what they do. Ephesus was very much like this. And and when we say the book of Ephesians, it's based to the city of Ephesus. And um, uh, it had over 250,000 people. They had a stadium of 25,000 this was not just some little, you know, what I'm saying, this is not a small town in your Bible. This is a metropolitan, if you will. It's a major city at the time. So why am I telling you that? Um, because I want to show you a couple of pictures about it, just let you see a couple of things. And I think um, the first one I have there, I'm not sure what I have. Just put the first, I can't remember now which one it is. Yeah, this is Ephesus. So in Paul's day, and in Paul's day, um, you can see a couple of things here. This is the harbor over to the top left. That's the inlet. It was a canal that the ships could come in. They would port, unload the containers, the trade, and then it would dis- distribute throughout the city. You see all these homes and all these. There's the theater. There's the stadium. The processional way up to the temple of Artemis. That temple was massive. I'll show you that in a moment. But I just want you to see the size and scope of this. So when you read your Bible, there's this idea that people are portraying about these civilizations that were previous to us, like as if they were idiots. Can I just tell you something right now? This city was a major infrastructure design. These people were not fools. Some of the brightest people, they were so bright, they relied on their intelligence and it overrode their, their sensitivity to God is the problem. is what took place in Ephesus. But they were smart people. Anyway, they had great knowledge of the arts. They were very smart people. They had plenty of activities. What do people always say in Rome? If, if you grew up in Rome, this is what people say. If you've moved here, people say, oh, I love Berry College. It's so beautiful. Like, that's great. But if you grew up in Rome, what do you always say as a kid, as a teenager in Rome, as you get old, what is the one thing that people say about Rome, Georgia, growing up? What do they say? There's nothing to do in Rome. It, we could have 500 bowling alleys, 22 different places to eat. It don't matter. People still say there's nothing to do in Rome. But if you go 20 minutes up the road, there's nothing to do in Cartersville either. If you go to Atlanta, you'll find the same thing because you, you can only do so much how much you want to do. I mean, let me tell you what, them go-karts ain't cheap. How many rounds are you going to run before you say, as a teenager, I ain't got no more money. I Trust me, it, don't, it only lasts so long. Ephesus had plenty to do. If you could think it, they had it. Surfing, yep, they had it figured out, I'm sure. They had water, them guys had figured out a way to do it. Cruising, I'm sure they had that too. The arts, theater, whatever you wanted, they had it. And because of that, they begin to do what Jesus said in Revelation 2. They left their first love. Jesus said about life that you and I, it is the things that we have in life, it is the worries of this life, it is the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, is all these different things that begin to make our lives unproductive and the seed will not produce because it falls on these kind of grounds. It's all of these things. You know, it's often we think like, well, if I had this, then I would be happy. And I'm going to tell you, it's not true. If you can't be happy in the situation that you're in right now, you won't be happy when the new situation comes along. It's called, Paul said, I know how to be content. I know how to be happy and joyful when I am prosperous and blessed. And I also know how to be happy and joyful when I'm just living on my little means that I have. Contentment 
is something that the people of Ephesus, they forgot how to just love Jesus and enjoy life. It was never enough for them. They had plenty to do, plenty to eat, plenty, 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 and they still wanted more. So um, because of this, they went to, and I'm saying this, just like, I'm going to lay a little foundation, we're going to read Ephesians 1. But because of this, the people, they had plenty, they had more than they wanted, they had everything they wanted, the desire was filled. They shifted from a knowledge of God or an understanding of God. Their minds were blinded, as Ephesians 4 tells us, or 1 Corinthians 4 tells us, they've been blinded by the devil. And what you're seeing today in your country is the same thing that took place there. The hearts and minds of the people have been blinded to the point where they can't see the difference. person driving down the road with a baby that's only four weeks old in the womb gets hit by a drunk driver. The drunk driver is charged for killing two people. But abortion can be committed up to 28 weeks in some places. Go figure. Why? And that's not to put down, if you're here and you've had, look, people in our church have been through this. We, it, Lord restores and moves forward. But listen, what I'm telling you is when people's minds are blinded, they come up with weird ideas. It makes no sense. That's why when you look at government, it makes no sense sometimes what we do. I can tell you a local thing that's happened, but it's too fresh. I'll wait. It makes no sense why we do what we do sometimes. It's not working. Let's just put more money in it. Well, if it's not working, you got plenty of money. Why aren't it working? Like instead of dealing with the troubled kids, you keep giving them passes. And all the kids who are actually wanting to learn are suffering because some knothead sits in a class and gets his way. Kick his butt out of school. Well, a junior need a poor kid don't have a daddy. Who cares if you don't have a daddy? That's the biggest excuse I've heard in my life. Well, he don't have a mom. You don't know what it's like growing up like that. I know what it's like growing up like that. I know exactly what it's like. It's hard. It's awful. But nobody gave me a pass. They kicked my tail. Not just my granddaddy, my grandmama, my uncle. They lined up. Everybody had an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? The principal kicked my tail one time. Old school, baby. My kids, I was telling my kids of the day that it was so bad. Sixth grade, I still remember it. I was, I was in so much trouble everywhere. And the, the, the principal called my mom, said, hey, uh, Jody's in the office. Yeah, what'd he do? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you what I did, but anyway. <laughs> It's kind of stupid when you think about it, but um, guys do really stupid things. You know, that's why the scriptures say don't leave your children alone very long because a child left to himself will bring his mother shame. You don't leave your kids alone a long periods of time. It's just not a good idea. <laughs> but we were in the boys' bathroom, and one of the boys decided, you know, he had a, some dice. And so we thought it'd be cool. We'd gamble a bit. So we're doing dice and flipping quarters in the boys' bathroom. All right, there you go. They find out. Now, I don't know how I got in the worst end of this. Somehow I did. I don't remember why that happened, but nonetheless, I'd been in trouble enough where now the principal calls, uh, Miss Teresa, yeah, yeah, your son's in the office, what'd he do? Well, he's gambling in the boys' bathroom. You know, I thought she might say, well, did he win? I mean, like, you know, how's he doing? I mean, <laughs> could have helped the family out a little bit, but no. Well, what do you want to do? Well, we want to paddle him. Is that out with you? Yep, go right ahead, click. No mercy, no, can we talk about this? I had no opportunity. So there we are, three spots. I told my kids, I said, Dad, they paddle in school? They used to. They're afraid to do anything now, man. And blaming everything on teachers, man. I tell you, it just drives me nuts. It's just crazy. But it's because hearts and minds are blinded. They think you're helping that junior kid out because he's the trouble. You're not helping him. Giving him pass after pass after pass. Kick his butt. Kick him out. Consequences matter to people. Like, oh, that's painful. I don't like that. But when there's no consequences, they'll keep doing whatever they want to do. So anyway, what does that matter? Because Ephesus had no consequences. They got to do whatever they want to do. And they thought because they could idol worship, worship Artemis, have immorality off the charts... They thought they were getting away with things because God didn't do anything. And all these preachers are preaching saying you need to turn away from sin. You need to stop that. You need to quit that. Sexual relationship between a man and a woman in a marriage covenant only. Oh, who? you're just such a bigot. They went through the same thing you're hearing today and they thought they were getting away with it because nothing went wrong. And I'm telling you, just because there's a season of things that seem like the wicked are prospering, don't you buy into it. You hold on to your faith. You stay true to what you're believing. You keep teaching your children the truth because I'm telling you, righteousness does not pay right now, maybe not tomorrow, but it pays you back in the end. 
It may not be right now, but I'm telling you, the ways of the wicked is the path of destruction, not the, not the way of the righteous. Y'all, y'all with me, right? I know it's hard sometimes. I get it. I understand. But it, I'm just telling you, stay true to your faith. All right. So uh, Ephesus, they had everything there. Let me show you this temple. I think is what's next. Whatever's next. Yeah, this is the temple of Artemis. Now, this is why I tell you, they got a, they, you can search this later. I don't have time to get in this right now. This thing was so disgusting. Every type of immorality you can imagine went on here. Now, they didn't hide it. They used to. But it got to a point where they decided, well, no need to hide it. We're proud of it now. And everybody's afraid to say anything, so all the businesses are jumping on everything. Well, we can't say anything. We must support everything. No, you don't have to support everything. I don't have to support anything, but I don't want to. I don't have to be mean, but I don't have to support it. And I'm certainly not afraid to say it. I don't know why it is we feel like everybody else has a right to speak but us. Well, God forbid I say anything because, oh my gosh, I don't really give a rip. You ask me my opinion, I'll tell you straight up. Tell my kids all the time, nope, that's sin. Them two boys right there kissing on each other, that ain't right. Them two girls holding hands right there doing that stuff, no, that ain't right. I can't believe you'd say that. Hello, what happened to our guts? If I was talking to a bunch of guys, I would have said something else. What happened to our guts? Sorry about that, fellas, you know what I'm saying? I'm just serious. I mean, it's just ridiculous to me. And the reality is this is where stuff's going. But watch this. This is where it ends. So look at the next picture. Nothing. So if you want to stay true to your faith, stay true to the walk of God, you look at Ephesians and you will see why it's so important. So this is what Paul's reminding them of. Don't look at those things. You keep true to your faith. I think I have one more picture to uh, show you this before and after. Uh, I think if you guys go to the next slide. Yeah, so this is the city of Ephesus. This is a rebuilt model. And what you see right there at the top, that is the gathering space of 25,000 people. This is a massive auditorium, if you will. 25,000. It's like, it's not Athens, Georgia, okay, but it's half of it, all right? No, a quarter of it maybe. I don't know. Either way, it's a big place. you got to admit, right? This is where the place, a couple of different places in the Bible where Paul, if you remember the silversmith that was so mad, Demetrius, about Paul because he came in and preached Christ. Demetrius, here's the interesting, Demetrius was an artisan. He was the guy who built those little idols of, of Artemis. You guys remember this reading in the book of Acts? He was building all these little, he was a silversmith. He built these little small little statues so they could put in their little home, stick it on their mantle and think it's cute. Can I just say something? If you brought something home from another country and you think it's really cute and it's a little statue and you show it off for everybody, you need to get that out of your house. Ain't nothing but a devil sitting in a piece of wood on your mantle. And you say, well, I can't believe you'd say that. Well, I'm, it's the truth. It's a real deal. That stuff has voodoo junk in it and all kind of stuff sitting on it. And you brought in your house and stuff went crazy in your house. You wonder why. There's your reason right there. Get it out. Yeah, but it cost me $100. I don't care. Burn it. Throw it out. Why people think this is so cool to keep? Oh, look, it's a voodoo mask. I got it from Africa. Burn that sucker. Brought the devil in your house, didn't even know it. Anyway, this is what he did. He made these little masks, and they were cute. We were in Jamaica, we saw this stuff. You know, they make this stuff, and they got all these carvings on it. You can see it. It's weird, man. Not all of it, but it's, some of it's weird. My kids pick it up. They're like, Dad, what is, oh, what is that? It's like, you don't need to put that in your house, do you? Uh-uh. You know, and then you go two booths over, and it's like, fine. Anyway, this guy made this stuff, and because Paul was preaching Christ, people were leaving all this stuff and going to Christ. He preached the gospel, people turned to Christ so much so that people stopped worshiping Artemis and it was affecting business. Now watch, when Christianity starts affecting the businesses of America, that's when people rile up and start protesting. Ah, let's shut Chick-fil-A down. Well, they already closed on Sunday, so what you, what, what you, you want to do? Why did everybody get so mad about that? It's chicken. Think about that. How foolish. We going to protest over chicken. It's chicken. All because one guy said he believed in marriage. We're going to shut him down. Now, how many Christians do you see running around? Now, there are a few weirdos out there. i got to give you that. 
But I mean, seriously, who has the time to run around to every little thing that's against God? We're going to shut you down. I just, I don't have time. You know, every now and then, every now and then, I go and get the little devil's brew at Starbucks. I don't like them, but every now and then I get a coffee, right? I, I can't sit there and keep up with every little thing everybody's doing. I don't have time. But I tell you what, you start affecting the devil, oh, buddy, he don't mind sending people out and start getting stuff riled up. Shut down the Chick-fil-A's. That, like that's going to happen. My point in saying that is it got so bad, this was the place where Paul was trying to get in and they wouldn't let him go. They were afraid he'd get basically mobbed and, and torn asunder. Artemis, I mean, um, uh, Demetrius was here in this temple. He had it filled to the packed out. For two hours, they were shouting and demanding that Paul would leave. This is in the book of Acts. I believe it's Acts chapter 19, I think. They were so furious. For two hours, they were chanting until the mayor finally called them out and said, Guys, if you don't stop, the Romans are coming in here. They're going to kill us all. Stop. Here's the crazy thing. Artisans were not regarded as people of influence. They were actually looked down upon by the people in Ephesus. Demetrius did not have a voice. He was looked down upon by everybody. But all of a sudden, isn't it funny how when the devil wants to do something, he'll empower someone who has no voice, and all of a sudden, they have a voice. So don't be surprised when you see weird stuff. And how'd they get on to you? He has a way of making it happen. But I want to show you something. This is what this looks like today. So look at the next slide. There's nothing. Now here's the interesting thing. Ephesus is no more. The whole city's gone. It's nothing but a place. Oh, Pastor Steve, have you been there? I thought you guys been there. I haven't been there yet. I want to go and see it. But you could ask him some questions about it. But basically what happened was, because it's a port city, it had a canal, it had an inlet to get ships in. The sea kept pushing in silt and sand and debris. And they couldn't keep it dredged out. And eventually it filled up to the point where the ships couldn't get in. And once the ships couldn't get in, that stopped the trade and the mercantile distribution. It's basically like Amazon getting shut down, right? You know what I'm saying? There's no more. No more prime. It's gone. They had nothing. And when you don't have trade in your city, people leave. And they left. Now, is it possible that it, the silt just happened to happen? Or could it be that eventually... People looking for these meteorites come down from heaven as the judgment of God. Is it possible that God said, I'm sick and tired of the idol worship and this Artemis, the immorality of a city, that I'm no longer going to bless it? Is it possible that maybe he was helping keep things dredged out when they worshiped God and when they left their first love? Is it possible he said, you know what, let the sea do what it needs to do? Now, I'm not talking about hurricanes and stuff like that. You understand you live in a coastal area, those things are going to happen. Our house isn't a floodplain. That stuff's going to happen. It, it's just a reality. It's not God's fault. It's just the way it is. But is it possible that a city can't endure eventually if they continue to disregard God? I would say yes. I would say when people turn their backs on God, when a city turns their back on God, eventually the Lord says, okay, you can have it your way like Burger King. Go ahead. How, how you, what do you want? Hmm? Just lettuce? No? No tomatoes? No onions? To burn. No cheese? Whatever. No. Have it your way. Pickles, onions, lettuce don't upset us. That's the thing I used to say, right? <laughs> but you get it your way. But let me ask you a question. If you can see an example to look at, why wouldn't we wise up to it? It's because people's eyes are blinded. But we're not as Christians. So let me just read a couple things to you this morning, and then we'll, we'll close up with this. Um, <clears throat> in... Ephesus, these are just some of the things that went on. Let me just put them on the screen for you and I'll read them real quick. They worshipped Artemis. I already told you about that. You can read it. I, there's kids in here. I don't even want to begin to tell you what went on with that. They had the Gnostics. A lot of Gnosticism was there. Lots of magic. I'll tell you something. <clears throat> I went, and I'm not, listen, I am not one of these off-kilter type guys, okay? We, we, my kids have watched the Harry Potter movies, whatever. It was kind of like, eh, whatever. We're not like, you know, so far out there, we don't... Right, well, let's watch it. Let's see what it's about. Why is everybody so hopped up on this? We're, we're just not like, oh, we can never, you know... We're just not... Okay, you understand what I'm saying? However, we also understand that 
Open doors are open doors. Okay? So we're going through Barnes and Noble. Now my kids, they realize this. Have we taught, they saw the movies, saw this and whatever. And I've tried to figure out what, what's so special about this Harry Potter kid. Um, you know, Haley and I was over in Scotland and Edinburgh where they actually, the lady was influenced to write about. And we saw the whole place where it is. And I'm going to tell you, there's a section over there where that stuff is. It's dark. It's real dark. Ask Haley. We were walking, this is crazy. We were walking there. We walked through this one spot, super dark. And I mean, like even I picked up on it. <laughs> like, and I'm not the most perceptive uh, when it comes to that stuff. I can pick up on some things, but that kind of stuff, I guess it just doesn't. We weren't even near it yet. She's like, I don't like it over here. Walked through that and we realized why. The next day we did a Christian heritage tour on the other side of the street. Didn't realize this. Nothing but light. It was the places where the gospel was preached, proclaimed, and then the, there was a section over there where the, the Christians were all martyred. But it was a place where the gospel was still being preached and talked about. Just one block over, it was dark and eerie feeling. The next street over, it's light and bright. And in this section that was dark, they had all this magic stuff going on. So my kids went to Barnes & Noble. The other night, my, my kids love to read, and they read a lot. They read so much, like... And it's not passwords on programs I have to worry about. It's, I have to worry about books. I mean, honestly, I have to look up. My kids read so many books so fast, especially my oldest one. And thankfully, she helps us like, hey, Dad, I don't know if we need to read this. Like, well, let's just don't, man. It's not necessary. Um, but we walk through Barnes & Noble. Go in there and look now. Have you noticed? I've never seen this before. Never. And I'm a Barnes & Noble guy, okay? I have never seen a place ever given to so much magic. In Barnes Noble, never have I seen a space. I'm not talking about Harry Potter stuff. That's like little stuff over here. That's toys and whatnot. That's there. They have a section now, a whole section over 20 feet long, probably six feet tall or higher maybe, with shelves filled with not Harry Potter, magic. How to cast spells, how to do witchcraft. It says witchcraft on it. Have you seen it? Have you, go in there and look and ask yourself, when did that happen? This is what was going on in Ephesus. And people pick up on this. And here's why you have to teach your children the truth. Because if you don't, your child sees a magic book. Or a witchcraft book. And they think it's cute. And they start down that road. It, the spells may not even work. But how many of you know, if you open the door to it, would it not accommodate the biggest thing we had to worry about as kids was the Ouija board. I mean, that stuff freaked me out, man. I had some friends who had that thing. They said, hey, you want to come and play the Ouija board? I'm like, no, man. Man, are you crazy? I'm not coming to your house, man. Y'all weird. Like, that's freaky stuff, man. I saw that movie. Like, I ain't Ouija nothing. Uh-uh. Stay away from you, man. I want to get the thing. Let's get back to Satan or whatever. I wasn't even knowing anything about Jesus at the time. I knew that thing, though. Shoo, buddy. You better... Mm. But if a kid doesn't know, so don't be afraid to tell your kids the truth, all right? Anyway, they had demon activity there. Demonic activity was recorded in Ephesus. Now, so much so that after Paul left and the people were gone, that they had an exorcist that went around casting devils out of people. It was that bad. Now, where did it start? Jesus said, you left your first love. That was the thing that happened. They had the Nicolaitans. You can read about them. All types of morality, basically like the Art- worship in Artemis. <clears throat> they had politics. Now, can we just take a moment and ask yourself, does it not seem like it's worse now than it was just a few years back? There is so much. I don't know who's telling the truth anymore. I, honestly, I have no idea. And if that makes you mad, I hate it. Get over it. If they're, unless you know them personally and you can verify for me, I don't know what any of them. I have no idea anymore. So what do you do with that? You don't build your life on politics. You build your life on Jesus. They had a political venue there that was so strong that it got into the church and they began to preach the polit- politics instead of the, the gospel. They were more concerned about their politics and, oh, we got to keep the port dredge. We got to keep the port dredge. And oh, 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 no, this one over here. And it got to the point. I ain't saying you shouldn't be involved. I ain't saying you shouldn't vote. I ain't saying you shouldn't do your part. Do your part. But at the end of the election, it's over. Can we move on? 
The Joker's in there for two more years. Can you move on? The girl's in there another two years. Can you move on? The president got elected for four. He's in there for four years. Can you leave him alone? Like, it's just, it's over. Like, I got other stuff to do. Like, you ain't going to fix it. Pray for the next one. That's how elections work. You know? But, is it all right? I know we're in Georgia, but is it all right? Because y'all are going to be like, mm, I don't agree with that. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Vote this November and then move on. We got stuff to do, man. Sit there and all day worry about these guys and elect. Anyway, enough of that. Let me just uh, let me just read a couple of things to you and then we'll close out with this. All right. Ephesians one. If you have it there, let me just read. I'm going to read you Ephesians one. Share two little three little things from it as I'm reading. Okay. Ephesians one. Ready? You got a Bible there? You got it on your phone? It's going to be in the New Living Translation. Let's 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 read this. Okay. That just gives you the background. We won't do that next week, but I, I want you to hear a background on Ephesians. So this is greetings from Paul. It says, this letter is from the Paul, the chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. First of all, who did he write the book to? But who did he write it to? The faithful. Can I just tell you something? He didn't write it to the idol worshipers in Ephesus. This was written to Christians, to the people of God. And there are people out there that still want to say some of these letters were written to the unbelievers. Can I just tell you, that is false doctrine. There's nothing that gives any indicators that Paul or any other writer would write the words of Jesus to an unbeliever. They can't understand it. Their eyes are blinded. This gospel, his word is written to the people of light. And when people say that was written to an unbeliever, they're excusing something because they don't want to follow the instructions of God's word. That's why they say that. That is false doctrine. This was written to the believers. Can we all agree on that? To the believers in Ephesus. He says, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, everybody say has, past tense. He's not doing it tomorrow. It's not going to happen next week. He already has done it. Has blessed you with every. Everybody say every. That means you may not even know it, but there's something you've been blessed with. It's not even aware to you right now, but he's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, which is wonderful. And we'll talk about this second. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. Heavenly places, heavenly realms. Um. It means this, that in the heavenly places, in the spiritual places, he has blessed you and demons have no position or place coming against you. They may try, but you've been blessed far above these jokers. They have no power or authority in you. I know Halloween's coming up and everybody gets all, I mean, it's all of a sudden come on all of a sudden the weird stuff's coming on TV. And, you know, it's like any other weirdo holiday out there. What's crazy is you understand this was a Christian season. Maybe Haley will tell you about it later. But this was a season where the, the Christians, there was a great thing that went on. She can maybe, maybe I'll let her share one of the messages in the series, talk about this, because I think it would be very fitting. Um, but Satan decided to take it over and, and just put more stuff out there about this. But really, honestly, Halloween, not the name, but the time itself was a time of Christian worship. Because you, but listen, you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings, far above all these things. Verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That's why if you don't have a daddy or a mama, guess what? you got a father. And that's why I say get over it. Take some time, get some counseling, get some help. What have you got to do? But I'm just telling you, we've got to stop making excuses for everybody that's got a tough time. We all got tough times. Who hadn't been through something, man? This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, and he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. And God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will. Christ He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Listen to me. I understand. I wish a politician would fix it, but let's don't be like the church at Ephesus. Vote the best you can. Pick the best candidate you can and pick the best one you can. I mean, let's just be honest. 
Pick the best one you got to pick. But when it comes down to it, in the end, no Republican and no Democrat is going to set up his kingdom. It's going to be Jesus. And when he comes back, he ain't going to need their help. Thank God. There won't be a double taxation. You won't overspend. Won't be, but he'll look at all that and say it's a bunch of ridiculous stuff. Let me show you how to fix this. He won't need help from either party. <clears throat> Amen? Yeah. That's right. Verse 11. Furthermore, because we're united with Christ, we have decided we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he promised. That means you have been filled with his spirit. He gave you the Holy Spirit. People say, well, I wish Jesus was with me. You have the spirit of Jesus with you right now. And that is the guarantee that the inheritance that he promised you is coming. You don't need anything else. John said, you don't need anybody to sit there and teach you all of the Bible by the Holy Spirit. You know if it's truth or you know if it's false. But if you want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to listen. But you already know. And he goes on, he says this, you have the Holy Spirit. It's God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. He gave you the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul said this in Romans, Romans chapter 8. I'll put this in a different translation for you on the screen real quick. Romans chapter 8, he says this, that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery... That lending to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So if you didn't have a mom and dad, guess what? You got a daddy. And he loves you. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. What does that mean? You have a witness. One translation says, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You know that you're saved. You know that you're saved. And when the devil says you're not if you're saved, if you've prayed the prayer of faith in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit confirms and you say, you know what? It stinks what I'm going through right now. I'm afraid right now. I don't have this going for me right now. I'm sick right now. Maybe this isn't happening right now like I planned. But I know, no matter what, I'm born again. All right. I'm dealing with some junk. I don't like it. But on the inside, I know this one thing is true. My house might be filled with four foot of water. May not be nothing in the bank account. You know, it might be this going on, that going on. But I know one thing. He's still with me. And Paul said this, Romans, and no matter what, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall persecution? No. Shall famine? Shall nakedness? Shall I, no, nothing. I know that all through all these things, we are more than what? It goes back to what? I've been blessed with every blessing in the spiritual places and heavenly places with Christ Jesus far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. That means he's raised you up with him, seated you with him in heavenly places. Now listen, my kid comes in just yesterday. And I want to throw up a picture for you here. Maybe you can help me. But she comes home with this. She's supposed to come to the church and come back. How cute. Yeah. How cute. This dog. Listen, we live in the country, y'all. You know what I mean? We live in a country where there are coyotes, deer. Somebody says they're mountain lions. People say they're bear. I don't know what all's out there, but you hear them at night. Pick whatever you want to pick. This dog cannot live on our farm. He'll never make it. My chickens could whip him. You understand? He's not an outside dog. He needs an inside home. And not at my home. Because we don't do that. I don't care if he's hypoallergenic or hypo whatever. Unless he's hypo financially got some backing and like, you know, worth something, he can't come in the house. He's, he's not coming in the house. Now, if you tell me, tell me, Pastor Jody, that dog's worth $5,000. Just show me where I need to take him and I will collect. All right. But if you know somebody that this, they're not, they left you here at the church. And so my oldest, you can have him. My oldest, he's yours. He's yours. I got to take, hey, can I get another minute? I feel like I'm here right now, you know? There you go. 
He needs a good home. Somebody will love him and care for him. Really, I have a heart. I'm not going to leave an animal out in cold. We had to put this dog. We gave him blank and everything else. Put him in our greenhouse. Stay warm last night. We had to put him in my butt. He has an animal trap for like critters, like raccoons and you know, like possum stuff. Getting your stuff. I had to put him in that. Close the trap. Not because I was afraid he'd get out. Because he'd get eaten. He just ain't. He can't. He's not going to defend himself. You know, he can look at me like. He's just going to play dead's all he's got. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, this is what she said. I'm wrapping up with this. Okay. She said, Dad, don't be mad. I said, I'm not mad. She'd already told Julia Kate. Julia Kate, I'm bringing something home. Julia Kate says, Dad, she's done something to that to the car. I thought, well, good gracious. She's done run through a pothole. It's out of alignment. I've lost a wheel. The back end's gone. I mean, you know, all stuff goes to your head. She just started driving by herself. I thought, what's happened to this car? You know, I expected to come in and just, <laughs> I don't know what was going to be. And there she comes. Out pops this little wiener dog. And she says, don't, Dad, don't, don't be mad. I said, well, I'm not mad. First of all, I'm not mad. But you should have told me, you should have called and said, is it okay to bring him? Second of all, it's not your car to be putting animals in. It, you should have asked permission for the owner. Third of all, I didn't like the fact that it could have distracted her driving down the road. But nonetheless, this is what she says. Well, Dad, I prayed about it. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. I prayed about it, Dad, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was okay with it. You can go ahead, Angela. I'm I'm, I'm really, I'm done. Pray out. I just... And this is why I said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. That ain't the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not how that works. Let me teach you about this. That's not the Holy Spirit. Now, I, your heart is saying, I ain't going to leave something out there suffering. And I wouldn't have left it either. In case you're wondering, I'm not that. Somebody dropped an old cat, this little kitten off at our house, and I'm stuck with a cat. Because all my kids, they, you know, they think, hey, Whatever. You know, so but it stays outside and it eats mice, and I'm cool. And the cat's gotten big; it can handle itself. This dog, it can't live on our farm. But you know, people have dropped off other dogs near us. I don't know what's these pandemic pets. What it is, you know? I gotta go back to work. I'm gonna do this dog. Well, you took it in and keep it. I don't know. But I told her, I said, "Baby, it's your heart. You are sensitive, and you have great compassion. But the Holy Spirit." Is it, when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit is the voice of wisdom. You can't separate the two. Now, why am I saying that to you? Because people today are saying, from the context of what's going on around them, well, God loves me, and they're making excuses for the things that they're doing because God loves them. And how dare you question when someone says, well, God loves me? That's like when people say, well, God told me to do this. As soon as you play the God card, there's no human that can intervene with that. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, well, well, you know, God told me um, that it was okay. That I could, you know, I'm a guy and I can, I can have a relationship with a guy. God told me it's okay. Well, when someone says that, see, you play the God card, now no one can contradict it. However, if you build your faith on God's word, which is where we're supposed to be, you can say sorry that's not God how can you say that because his word tells us and I'm not being uh, inconsiderate and I'm not being mean when I say that I'm being very loving actually when I say it I'm not being rude I care about you that's why I'm telling you the truth and if you leave mad at me and you don't receive what I'm saying at least I know one thing you've heard the truth And I know that truth will be deposited in your heart. And it may not be this year or next year, but eventually the Holy Spirit will keep ministering and talking. And you will hear it. That's why you can never compromise the gospel of of the truth. I want to say that to you today before we close because I think it's really important right now that you know the difference between is it the Holy Spirit? Is it the compassion of my heart? Is it in God's Word? voice of wisdom and the voice of the Holy Spirit same voice is it wise well I don't know I feel like God's telling me to do it well is it wise well I don't know well you need some counsel then you need a few people in the church maybe you need prayer within the church today but you need time you need some people to help you 
communicate the word of the Lord to you and not be on your own with something. It makes me very nervous when people say, well, God told me to do something and they have no one else they've talked to about it. Haley and I, we're praying about some stuff. We feel like the Lord's prompting us about different things. But we're not just pulling triggers on stuff. Sometimes you got to pray for a while. Sometimes you got to seek the Lord. And sometimes it's hard. I told my pastor, I said, I just, you know, I don't know what God's trying to tell me through this. I don't understand it. Um, he said, have you fasted? I said, kind of. I mean, I got really eating cheeseburgers. I mean, I fast. I mean, isn't that enough? I mean, I don't eat cheeseburgers anymore. Very little food, I feel like, you know. But went to the doctor. He says, hey, you know, you got to get some stuff straight. So I had to give up cheeseburgers. That was painful. I thought that's fasting. He said, no, Jody. I'm in it real fast. And then he said, you know, the kind where you just do water for a while. I was like, oh, man. No. He said, I found that if you're really hear from God, sometimes fasting, even just with water for a bit, it really opens up your heart to the Lord. I said, well, you know, you're right. Now, that's wisdom. That's counsel. That's not somebody saying, yeah, just do whatever God tells you. Well, it must be the Lord he told you. No, that's a good friend saying, have you sought the Lord on this? Have you asked for wisdom and counsel? So I don't know who it is in here this morning, but as we pray, I'm you close your eyes and bow your head right now, but I just felt like today, there's some of you in this room right now, you know the Lord's blessed you. You've been blessed in all spiritual, with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and you know that. You know that God gives you wisdom. James says, if you ask, he will give you wisdom. But maybe you're in here and you have not sought the counsel of another believer because you're afraid you might be wrong. It might just be your compassion of your heart. It might not be the Holy Spirit exactly. It may be a step. But you need some confirmation on it. Can I just ask you right now with eyes closed? No one's looking right now. You're in this room. Maybe you're online watching. I don't know. I don't know who it is, but I just want to specifically with your eyes closed just for a moment as we leave. If you're in here and that's you, you say, hey, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm seeking, uh, I'm asking the Holy Spirit. I feel like he's telling me something, but I've, it's really heavy on my heart here. Is that if you're here, no one's looking. I just want to see your hand real quick and I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I see you. Got you. I felt like there was somebody, I just didn't know who, but um, that's good. I just want to make sure I was hearing from the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to pray um, as a church together. Okay, God, in Jesus' name, I just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, um, you've already, you just confirmed to them that you're hearing their prayers. I had no idea that that would be the case that I wasn't necessarily going to say all this exactly the way it came out, but you know that, Lord. So anyway, that's confirmation right there. I just pray for them, Lord. Give them wisdom in Jesus' name. I pray that you give them good godly counsel. Lord, help them with people surround them today. Maybe they need prayer in the church, but I just pray today, give them steps. Uh, Lord, confirmation to hear from you on whatever it is that, that you put in their heart. Um, and I just pray for that. By the Holy Spirit, you give them words. Uh, maybe there's somebody here that gives them a, a prophetic word on the way out and they don't realize it. I just, uh, nonetheless, I pray for counsel for them. Give them good godly counsel right now. Um, I just feel like that scripture, maybe some of you need to hear this. Uh, in the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. That is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you got to have that. you got to have that. So for everybody else in the room right now, as we're praying, uh, we're going to lead you in a prayer. If you're here and you don't know Christ, you don't have a witness of the Holy Spirit that you're saved, can I pray with you right now with the whole church praying? If you're watching online, you need to be saved. You need to pray this prayer with us. Just repeat this after me with the whole church right now. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today. And I give you my life. <clears throat> I give you my heart. And I ask you <clears throat> to save me. I ask you to bear witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And I receive you as my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, church. Would you give me a hand right now, please? That's so awesome. So cool. So cool. And I want to thank you for praying that. And listen, if you pray that prayer, we have a small card in the seat back in front of you there or online as well at connect.cornerstonerome.com. And uh, you can do it as well here digitally if you want. It's a great place for us to help you get your next steps going with God. And really want to stress to you today, I don't know who you are, but look, keep seeking the Lord. And the Lord can give you a step. And sometimes I found this out to be true. He's given you the end result first. 
as Abraham, uh, God told him to get out from among your people and go to a place where I've shown you. Well, that's a mighty big thing to say. Well, Abraham took steps. Joseph was given a vision to save the whole world through a feeding program. Joseph's dreams, remember that? But it didn't happen to me. God gave him steps. Um, there are many people throughout the Bible, Daniel, visions. There are things that God will sometimes give you, which is the picture. But he will back up and then give you the steps to move in that direction. It's not always, here's this, and we're going to jump over to that. Take steps. I just really want to communicate that today before we go, okay? All right, if you don't mind standing up with me this morning before we leave. And I uh, just want to say this to you as we head out. Um, our prayer team is going to be coming up front. They're here to pray with you as they make their way up front. I want to thank you guys for being generous. Um, some of you guys always ask, well, hey, why don't we talk more about uh, giving and things like that? And, uh, you know, we do. Um, but I don't know. I'm just a little different with that. We have offering boxes in the back. So you can give your offering in there. You drop it off on the way out the door. You can give online cornerstorm.com. It's a very simple thing to do there. You can give digitally. You can set up a recurring gift. Um, or, you know, if, if you want to uh, do something different, you can, there's many different ways. We have all kinds of ways you can give and be a part. I would just encourage you just to be generous. Uh, that's just where we are. I, as far as our family, we believe very strongly in the tithe. I know some people, maybe you're starting out and you're like, I don't even understand that. Um, then maybe we could teach about it a little bit and share some things. But I would just say to you, partner with what God's doing in the kingdom. If you're going to go through the world and, you know, buy Starbucks, buy Chick-fil-A and buy that, at least partner with the kingdom in some way. Make sense? Partner with the I'd rather God, I guess I always heard this way, um, I'd rather God bless the 90% that I get to use than me holding on to the 100% myself and see what I can do with it. Because I've been down that road. <laughs> I don't always work out. I can tell you for a fact, uh, he has blessed us in ways that I can't even sometimes uh, comprehend. And I attribute all of that to to the tithe. And that, that's the, you know, that's the truth. So there's your, there's your, if you want to hear more about giving, there you go. I just did it for you, okay? All right, so before we go today, let me just speak this over your life. This is out of Numbers chapter 6. And we always do it. If you want to, you want to say this with me, you can. Uh, maybe speak this over your own life as, as we go. Maybe over your kids, your family. But may the Lord bless you. And may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and may he give you his peace. God bless you guys so much. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, come on down front. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.